True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. I'm about to check in on my most favorite families in 24 years of doing this show. When I first met this group, I was so stunned by what they'd done. I kept saying, what in the world made you do it? And they all hail from Charlotte, North Carolina, and absolutely redefined the meaning of opening your heart. When a boys' choir from Liberia performed at a North Carolina church five years ago, the town was changed forever. Lisa Turkus learned that 12 of the boys in that choir were orphans from the West African country ravaged by 14 years of a brutal civil war. While the choir was singing in the United States to raise money, their orphanage was attacked, forcing 400 children to flee for their lives. With nowhere to turn, all 12 orphans in the choir were suddenly homeless, 5,000 miles away from their country. The boys got up and started to sing. In the middle of all of the music, I felt God speak to my heart. And just this gentle nudge, Lisa, two of those boys are yours. And I went, la, 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 la. I'm not listening to you, God. <laughs> because I did not go there for a major life change. I went to hear this concert, but God had different plans. After the concert, two of the boys approached Lisa and her girls. They wrapped their arms around me and gave me a big hug, and they just called me mom. My husband wasn't there, so I had to get in the car and call him on the cell phone and say something like, hi, honey, do we need milk? And by the way, there are two teenage boys from the other side of the world now calling me mom. I was pretty shell-shocked when she said it. My first instinct was, where are you, and get home. <laughs> we need to talk. Soon after they talked, Lisa and her husband adopted the boys, Jackson and Mark. I did think that Lisa had lost her mind. Lisa then invited her friends to hear the choir sing. After meeting the boys one by one, Lisa's friends had a change of heart. I was shocked. I never thought my friends would sign on to do this because they were so resistant to the idea. Gina and Rob Rogers, already parents to two adopted children, stepped up to take in one of the boys, Robert. As they started to sing, something happened. I just realized that there is a strength in them that resonated with me. Next came Debbie and David Alexander, who had two grown sons in college. David and I were empty nesters. 
looking forward to spending time together. But after meeting Sibo and David, that all changed. And they did not stop there. When the boys told them how much they missed their brothers and sisters back home, they adopted them too. James, Joe, Tita, and Mercy. Never ever in my wildest dreams did I think that I was going to adopt one, let alone six children. But I can tell you, I cannot imagine my life any other way. I love them with all my heart because of what they did for me. Becky and David Peed, already parents to their young children, were inspired to adopt by their son, Joshua. He would tell me at night, I'm praying for a big brother. And I said, that's good. <laughs> you do that. But Joshua's prayers were answered. First, they adopted Sam. Then they brought over Dora, who'd been like a sister back at the orphanage. Cindy and Mark Chinchosi adopted Jan, who is bonded with their daughter, Sophie, and Dominic, their son with special needs. I'm sorry, this is hard. Everyone looks at us and, and sees us and says, wow, you guys have done a great thing. And it's so funny because really the blessing's been ours. Well, you know, the rest of us are looking at you all in, in amazement. Are you kind of amazed at yourselves? I don't know that we're exactly amazed with ourselves. I think, um, you know, we've all seen the pictures on TV of yeah, the absolutely. children in Africa with the bloated bellies and the flies around their faces. And we always looked at it, I think, as a social issue, but felt like there was really, it was so big, there was nothing that absolutely. we could do. We're not famous, we're not wealthy, you know, we're just ordinary people. And yet, when these boys were in front of us, it was no longer a remote social issue. I mean, when you see this child in front of you that has real tears and real hopes and real prayers for a mommy and a daddy, we just couldn't walk away. We just couldn't walk away. And so, so let me just ask you all this because it's, it's obvious that you all are African children and these are, you know, white families. You now have a white mother and father. What has that adjustment been like for you? Oh, man, sometimes I get my friends, you know, to be like, man, you have a white mom, you crazy. <laughs> and I'd be like, man, you know, it's God's plan, you know, because God has a plan for everybody. So, I mean, that's what God had in store for me. So now, you know, I have the ticket and make good use of it. So it's very important. Two years ago, we met a group of remarkable families from Charlotte, North Carolina. I remember at the time saying, well, you know, none of us, well, first of all, I couldn't nor could the audience believe what this family, this community had done. Just amazing to us. And I know the word amazing is re-overused all the time. So two years ago, 14 families had adopted 33 children, all orphans from Liberia. The families are now joining us uh, via satellite from Charlotte. Hi, everybody. Hi. Oh, my goodness, everybody's growing. 70, this, I hear 73 of you all. So, hey, Lisa, you started this whole thing. Are you amazed at how this all continues to snowball? Absolutely. You know, I very much remember that day that I met the boys at the choir concert. And I remember stepping into the aisle of that church after the concert. God had spoken to my heart and said, two of those boys are yours. I remember looking at the back door and realizing I could walk back into my regular safe life or I could be obedient to God and turn the other direction and walk toward these boys, walk toward this need. 
And I am so thankful that I didn't ignore God's invitation to Life Interrupted because it opened the door to life's greatest blessing for me. Well, I have to say, haven't there been amazing, I mean, I would imagine that even with God's blessings, because many times God blesses us and then he challenges us with uh, learning so many things, you know, so much so I've said to God, don't teach me nothing new today, God. So have you, have, you been in, have you been in that phase too of being challenged by this experience? Well, of course, you know, when, when we first brought our boys home, I had to basically homeschool them from kindergarten through middle school the first two years that they were with us. And there were many days I laid down in the fibers of the carpet of my closet and said, God, I am not capable of this. So yeah, it was hard, but um, through some of life's hardest challenges, we rise up and become the people that we're meant to become. Well, listen to this. In the two years since our show, eight new families have opened their homes to 11 more children. That's a total of 44 children adopted and even more are on the way. Angel's there. Angel, I hear you were inspired by Lisa and the first group? We were. About three years ago, Dan and I knew that we were going to adopt, and my pastor put us in touch with the Rogers family. I talked with Gina Rogers, and she told me their story of the boys' choir and adopting Robert, and then we met with the Osipchek family, who had adopted Jada and Davis just six months before. We got to meet the children, and hear about their story and the orphanage and found out that there were still hundreds of children there waiting for families. And that's, that's how we decided to adopt Angeline and Henry. Wow. And so I was talking to earlier with Lisa about the challenges. You've had a few. Yes, we have. We, have. we were introduced to Liberian whaling and Liberian pouting. And I ended up doing a little American whaling and pouting myself <laughs> for a few months. But it, it has been amazing. We have been blessed in ways, our entire family, in ways that I never imagined. Well, I noticed your daughter's hair is so beautifully uh, braided. Did you learn how to do that? I did. This is one of my simpler styles. This is my one-hour style. We have the three-hour styles. Um, <laughs> but this is, yes, I did this. When I want the Liberian braiding, I go to Tina, who's one of the older teenage girls, and she can do amazing things in an hour. Well, well, the Schwaghart family is the largest family of the bunch. They have a total of 10 children with an 11th child on the way. Sonia, right what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I have always desired to have a large family, and I think from a very young age, God instilled in my heart uh, that adoption would be part of that large family. And so we are at 10 right now, and we are waiting for our 11th child who is still in Liberia and huh. uh, he's been we've been waiting for him for about a year and a half now and uh, hoping he'll be home soon may I just say though let's get a wide shot of the group and then I'll come back get away you all look spectacular you all really do look terrific love the dresses you all look great well Bob and his wife Elizabeth adopted two children a little over a year ago Bob I hear you had an eye-opening experience at the orphanage what happened well, it was overwhelming, Oprah. The first day, when you go into that situation and you're meeting your new children, you don't know what feelings you're going to have. Right. And when I first met them, and I met all the children that they were with, I was overwhelmed first by a sense of, wait a minute, this is not different at all. These are people that are just like me. They happen to be living in a post-conflict country, but we play the same, 
We like the same things. We can talk about the same things. So I was just struck by how similar we were, despite what on the outside might seem like a lot of uh, differences. So what kind of conversation did you have with your biological children before doing this? As uh, Elizabeth and I pondered the whole adoption idea, we part of the decision, of course, was, all right, what, what are the bio kids going to say? Are they up for this? Yeah. Um, and we, we determined that Hannah, Ben, and Libby, they're, they're pliable, they're fun-loving, they're good sports, uh, and they've got big hearts. And yeah. it didn't take long for us to conclude that it will probably be all right. We, we felt the family was up to the task. Where you been? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I'm, you know, I think this is a beautiful picture, and I listen, I think this is, of all the 24 years I've been doing this show, this is one of my all-time favorite stories. But I know that there's got to be challenges, and I'm wondering, Hannah, are there challenges when you're bringing in a new brother and sister, and it's not a baby? It's not a baby, it's a, you know? Um, you really have to remember that this is their first time being in a family, and so they're not just gonna come in and know everything. And there really is sometimes a cultural boundary and just a lot of obstacles to overcome, but it's all worth it. All worth it. Hannah, Ben, and Libby, thank you very much. Libby, has it been fun for you? <laughs> it has been fun for me. Um, they're great brothers and they rock. <laughs> <laughs> and they rock. So let me talk to uh, Jackson. I hear you want to go back to your country to help. Yes, indeed. Jackson, your voice changed since I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, growing it up, did. Growing up, so. Yeah. <laughs> growing up. Growing so, up, so what are you planning? Are you graduating soon? Yes, ma'am, this year. You're graduating. And then what are you going to do? Uh, I plan on going to uh, college, hopefully, and uh, studying business. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Well, just a pleasure. In June, 10 of the adopted teens will be graduating from high school. Yay, graduates. That's going to be some graduation. Well, as I said, one of my favorite stories of all time, you all continue to inspire a nation, you know, our country and everybody else who's watching about what it means to extend your heart and kindness and graciousness and open up to a new family. <laughs> Celebrating families today. Because we've had so many history-making multiples on this show over the years. I'd say Chris and Diamond Harris was, were one of our funnier families. They wanted to have another child, but instead they got the surprise of their lives, literally. One, two, three, four, five, six, and big brother Dwayne. Managing all these four-year-olds is no easy task. This is where I spend most of my day doing laundry. It all started six years ago when Chris and Diamond decided to have another baby. It was difficult for Chris and I to get pregnant at first. A local fertility clinic recommended that we start off with doing artificial insemination. Soon, their prayers were answered. Diamond discovered she was pregnant with twins, or so they thought, until another doctor's visit turned their lives upside down. They did a sonogram and found out there were five heartbeats. When I found out that there were more than two babies, I panicked. I panicked because no human being should be carrying that many babies. Girl, whew. I was like, whoa, five at one time? That's not even humanly possible, is that's a litter. So they've made history, the first African-American sex tuplets ever survived. 
I've never heard anyone be as quite as candid as you have been about it because they usually say, oh, wonderful, it's a blessing, God's love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a blessing, but no, no. <laughs> No. no I'm just being honest. I was scared, and yes. I didn't know what I was going to do. So, you know, I was just trying to give when my you husband. you say you panicked, you panicked. And I like... panicked bad. I started getting hysterical. The doctors were trying to calm me down. They literally checked me into the hospital that day. Kind of went crazy. Went Somewhere crazy. between the Demerol and morphine, I calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> now, I heard, now listen to this, all of you, for all you moms out there who breastfed, she <laughs> breastfed all six. <laughs> Were you pumping, oh, pumping, pumping? I was pumping about 50 to 60 bottles a day. <laughs> Complained the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> now look at all the women grabbing their breasts. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what kind of adjustment has it been for the family? Uh, just no sleep, no private time. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. <laughs> Absolutely none. So we're not expecting any more babies. No, ma'am. Oh, no, no, no. Hush your mouth now. Hush your mouth. Well, the sex templates are now seven years old, and uh, mom and dad say that they are all doing well. I love that they were so honest about it. Uh, we first met the Heron conjoined twins two years ago, and they've stayed in touch ever since. Beautiful four-year-olds and a loving mom and dad with a tough decision to make. On February 26, 2002, conjoined twins Kendra and Malia Heron are born eight weeks early. They're amazing babies, smiling all the time. The survival rate for conjoined twins is extremely low, but the girls exceed all expectations, and they even learn to crawl, something doctors said might never happen. Their progress is nothing short of a miracle. I can't believe how long they're standing. Yeah, this is a record. But their parents, Aaron and Jake, face an agonizing decision, separating the girls or keeping them conjoined. Both options put the twins' lives at risk. I think it's scary either way, because if we keep them together too long, their kidney may not work. They decide to have them separated when the girls are four years old. So what's going to happen pretty soon? What are they going to do? I'm cutting you apart. Why are they going to cut you apart? Because I'm so special. Because you are so special, huh? Yeah. I want to go. You want to go where? Ah, I love you guys, okay? You're so pretty. Yeah, I love you. This high-risk operation takes 26 hours. Never before had doctors performed surgery to separate two bodies sharing the same kidney. We're nervous, we're scared. We have all these thoughts going through the back of our head. The twins, who have spent every moment of their four years as one, are on their own for the very first time. It'll always be right here, just remembering them like that. That'll all be, be so special to us. Five months later, they travel to Chicago. How are you doing? I'm good. You're good? How are you, Malia? Good. You're good. After that visit, the girl's mother, Erin, gave Malia her kidney to replace the one she lost in the separation surgery. 18 months later, they returned, full of energy. Today, the twins are now 
six years old, and they're here. Come on out, girls, Kendra and Malia. Pick you up? I can. Oh, you're a big girl. Oh, you're a big girl. Wow. Wanna come sit? Sit with me? How are you doing today? Good. You're doing good? You learned to drive that tricycle with one leg? You're doing so well. You're doing so well. Is it fun? This is Erin, uh, Malia, and uh, Kendra's mom, everybody. Say hi to her. And I hear that often that the girls sometimes like to pretend like they're still together. Yeah, sometimes they get in the same dresses that they used to wear when they were together. And so what, how has the adjustment been? Um, really well, especially after she, after Malia got her kidney from me, mm -hmm. um, things went a lot better. Mm -hmm. Things are going really well. Really? We still have a long road ahead. In a couple of days, we'll have um, back surgery so that they can straighten their spine so we can get their prosthetic legs. Mm -hmm. So that's a big milestone. Mm -hmm. But they're smiling. They're such happy girls. It seems. Yeah. yeah. You talk to mom and dad who say that at seven years old, Kendra and Malia are getting around just fine with the help of crutches and a walker. They had their spinal surgery last year and were recently fitted for their prosthetic legs. Over the years, we've met some of the most fascinating families in the world who've all graciously allowed us into their lives. We've never forgotten two little people with giant-sized hearts who made a really big impression on our viewers. Despite overwhelming setbacks, they were able to make their lifelong dreams come true. Joe and Becky Roach married right out of college. She went on to work for NASA. He became a successful criminal lawyer. They had a great life, but something was missing. We always wanted to have children. Joe and Becky desperately wanted to become parents, but giving birth wouldn't be easy because of Becky's size. She was able to get pregnant three times, but tragically, each baby died from complications. One was a stillborn, and the other two passed away shortly after birth. So we basically buried three children. In three years. The Roaches still dreamed of having a family, so they began to consider adoption. One day, out of the blue, I got a phone call about a dwarf child in the Philippines that was available for adoption. I got a fax picture, and I had 24 hours to decide. And I said, this is meant to be. He was born in a hospital. His mother left immediately, leaving a false name. He was kept in the hospital for over a year. The orphanage told us that he had been strapped a hospital bed. When he came to us, he was not walking, and he could barely crawl. They named the boy Ross and showered him with love and attention. A month after he came to live with them, he learned to walk. Five months later, we got a call. And again, you have 24 hours to decide about a baby girl. The family knew the baby was going to be a dwarf. And the parents had decided that they could not deal with that. Without hesitation, Joe and Becky adopted the little girl and named her Sherry. But their growing family was still not done. Once again, Becky and Joe opened their hearts and welcomed a child from Taiwan in need of a loving home. They called him Will. 
Joe and Becky feel they are especially suited to care for these children. I'm sure. My head is big. I've been teased about that. I've been beat up for being short. And my boys have faced the same thing. They come from the far corners of the globe to make up an extraordinary family deep in the heart of Texas. Ross is an extreme leader in his class. Sherry is a love of my life. She's gorgeous like her mother. She's sweet, a whiz at math. Will is the life of a party. He will be the fraternity president. We had no family, and suddenly, we have three marvelous children, and we are truly blessed. And what do you guys like to do for fun? Will, what do you like to do for fun? No. <laughs> Say something. Say something. What do you like to do for fun? Um. I'm a sports player. <laughs> You're a sports player. What do you play? What are you really good at? Basketball. Basketball, for sure. <laughs> Sherry, what are you great at? What do you like to do for fun? Just play with my friends. You like to play with your friends. <laughs> and I hear you're great in math. I love to see girls great in math. That's really good. Did I hear you all have Jobs. a Hummer? You have a Hummer? Yes. We have a yes. Hummer. <laughs> and it is a sight see us get out of a Hummer. Really? <laughs> really? Because, and you drive the Hummer. Well, well Becky all does. Our, all our car, cars have extensions on them. And oh, so we okay. can basically drive any car we want. And so you chose the biggest car you could think of. <laughs> well, it's been six years now since that show. Last week, we caught up with the Roaches. And the report back is they're living large. A lot of changes have happened at the Roach House. Come on in. They built, and they built big. 20 rooms, 30-foot ceilings, and 5,600 square feet. The Roaches say their new dream home is the perfect fit. Some of our friends have actually mini, mini furniture. And it's awkward, because it's weird when you sit down in it, you feel like you're in an actual dollhouse. Well, and we live in a tall world. I mean, everything around us is everybody's tall, so that's the way we we feel like we should live. And our kids, yes. we want our kids to learn to live that way because the world is not coming down to their level. We have to come up to the average size level. This is the pool area that we built. We built it kind of special and built it very shallow. You probably can't tell. We didn't want our kids to be raised having to tread water. So the deepest section is over there by the wall. That's all about four and a half feet. Yeah. We're going into what we call Command Central. This is kind of the uh, main station of the house. There's Becky, and uh, you'll see three kids somewhere uh, making breakfast. You guys ready to eat? I'm 12. I'm in sixth grade. Will is the social butterfly. I send 1,580 texts almost every day. Not to mention he's quite the ladies' man. The total of girls I've been dating is um, this whole year 16. My longest relationship is like four months. I'm in seventh grade and I'm 14 years old. Sherry spends most of her time at the riding stable with her horse, Dallas. This here little guy is my love of my life because we always are together and we always are there for each other. 
I am 16 years old and I'm about to finish the 10th grade. It's a big year for Ross. He's learning to drive. It's fun to, to see him drive, but it's also a little bit scary because um, sometimes he kind of... I want to start breaking, but other than that, it's, it's uh, I'm real proud of him. And he's going to prom. Okay, Ross, would you like to come this way, please? We're also going to need a tuxedo shirt. Excellent. Okay, single-breasted or double-breasted? I'm thankful for how proud my three kids make me, that they've overcome so much, and yet they're good kids and good people. Joe and Becky have never let their physical differences get in the way of their success, and their children are following in their footsteps. I think the biggest challenge I've, I've, I've faced is stereotypes. Um, and it's gotten a lot easier um, just in the last 20 years. When I first started law, it was really tough for me to even get a job. We have lawyers, we have teachers, we have all sorts of professions that we didn't have 20 years ago. And it's going to be easier for my kids, and then it'll be easier for their kids. Come on out, everybody. The Roach family! Hey, Ross. Hey, Will. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Hi Joe. Good to see you. Hi, Good to see you. Good to see you. So the Roach family is here. I think it's interesting that y'all live in such a huge house because I think a lot of us watching would think, well, wouldn't you want a little house? No, we need our space. We you need, our... need your space, yes. Yeah. And what do you do for a living to afford that big old house? A lawyer. Lawyer. Hello. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you have taught your children that they can really, the, the, there is no limit. The sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. We try to. Mm -hmm. We have good days and bad days. I mean... And, then, and sometimes they do try to pull something like, well, I can't do this because I'm short, but we've... <laughs> Doesn't work in that house. <laughs> yes. So Joe and Becky have always been very open about their children's adoptions, and they say they've never forgotten that day 14 years ago when it all began. Becky and I were trying desperately to adopt a child, and um, I got a picture from a friend of ours, and uh, obviously I fell in love with the picture. Ross was abandoned at birth. He was kept at a hospital, and he was strapped to a hospital bed for a good a year, year and a half. His legs were, were jello. I mean, there was no muscle tone at all. And um, they tried to sell him on the black market there. And uh, he, you know, God knows what the conditions were there. I mean, and he was trapped. It was like a cage. And he was finally found out about and rescued by uh, the Cebu Shelter for Children. Sandy Swanson was the one that rescued him in the Philippines. Uh, he owes a lot, we owe a lot to her, because without Sandy, we wouldn't have Ross. Sandy Swanson is a missionary who rescues orphans in the Philippines. She spent the past 30 years placing nearly 1,000 children in loving homes. I'm very grateful that she found me and I'm grateful that my parents that were able to adopt me, and I'm grateful to be here with my brother and sister. She's a princess and, I mean, Sandy the Saint. I mean, she'll always be somebody that God's given a real gift to her with children, and what she's done in kids' lives is more than I can possibly put into words. Do you ever think what your life would be like had she not spotted you? Um, I try not to, but sometimes I do. Yeah. 
Well, I hear after you graduate high school, you wanted to visit her at some point. Yes. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, because she's here. You brought her here so you could meet her. Coming up, Sandy Watson. Hello. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, Hello. Sweetie. Hello. Hello. And you have met these two. I haven't met these two. Will and Sherry. Hello. Will and Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Tell me what it is. Um, what did you see? Well, well this was a, an amazing placement year because they've been. Yes, the perfect match. Created this amazing <laughs> family. But what's it like for you then to see that your good works multiplied in such a way? That's the kind of. This is the kind of thing that just makes us be able to keep doing what we're doing, to be able to see the kids and families. And, you know, I go back in a few days, back to the 70 kids there that are still waiting. So. Mm -hmm. That are waiting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. And the Roach family, and the Roach family. <laughs> and do you find when you go back that the children are sort of like, uh, like, choose me, choose me? Do you feel that the children are waiting, saying, please, somebody take me? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even visitors that come, we have to tell them. Everybody thinks you're here to adopt them, so just make sure they know you're just visiting. Or... But we do have lots of families come to adopt. And they're all kinds of children, not just dwarf children, all kinds oh, of children. All kinds of children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all different ages? Newborn to teen. Newborn to teens, yeah. So our next fascinating family has been dancing and singing their way into the hearts of millions for you over 50 years. So when we had them here a couple of years ago, it made Oprah show history. How did we do that? Mm. Sadly, the patriarch of the Osmond family, George Osmond Sr., passed away. He was 90 years old. And uh, when that happened, we didn't know if the show would go on. But you know those Osmonds. Donnie called us to say the family would be here and that this show would be in honor of their dad. Getting more than 100 Osmonds from Salt Lake City to Chicago, that was no small thing. We even chartered an entire plane just for them. The only woman who could take this on is Oprah because she can move mountains. Right now, she's moving Utah to Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to your flight attendant, Donnie and Marie. Your in-flight entertainment today will be non-stop reruns of the Donnie and Marie show. Back on the ground, they're on their way to our studio. Osmond, 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 Osmond. Okay, uh, name? Oh, you're my wife. You can go in. We made it. Let's go. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Osmond, Osmond. Today's show's been one for the record books ever since we invited over 100 Osmonds to be here. Try to follow along with this family tree. George and Olive Osmond had nine children, who then had 55 children. <laughs> Those grandchildren had 48 more kids. An amazing legacy started by one extraordinary couple. Over 100 Osmonds are here. Come on out, Osmond family! Donnie and Marie and the Osmond brothers took us on a trip down memory lane. I'm a little bit country, and I'm a little bit rock and roll. 
and they talked about the importance of family. I know you and your father share a birthday. Yeah, I'm, I'm his only daughter, and I was legitimately born on his birthday. It wasn't induced or anything. And uh, so I'm, I'm daddy's little girl. Yeah. And we talked about it, and uh, my father would want us all to be here. He loved his family. Was he planning he on coming? Was he going to come? Mm -hmm, he was. He, he was took gonna... a shower. He got dressed. He sat on his bed. Uh, he laid down with a smile, and he passed away. Your brothers have the same level of integrity and honor as your father. Yeah. My dad is my hero. Yeah. And I will miss that the most because he was my rock, mm -hmm. my strength. He was my strength, too. And um, so now I'm an orphan. I need a sister. Well, but, but, but isn't it, isn't it, <laughs> Oprah, isn't it interesting how two people can raise a family in show business, nine children, and we still love each other? We yeah, still that is amazing. Like, now, granted, we're, we're not, you know, we still have our problems. We still have our issues. We're, we're a normal family. Shh. No, yeah. But, but the, the mere fact that we can all come together and still be a tight, close-knit family, that's a testimony to my parents. Yeah. You know, I just... Yeah. I love them. So during that show, uh, the Osmonds were expecting three new additions to the family, and since then, a total of 12 new Osmonds have been born. There are four more Osmonds on the way. So they just keep growing. So to all the fascinating families watching, and those who've opened their doors to us, again, we thank you. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.